0: Hello, and welcome back to the Real Professional Podcast's X Collection Collection, the collection of episodes where we talk about the X Collection. If you're tuning in, this is the Volume 2 X Collection Collection, where we talk about the X Collection 2, uh, going over with all the devs, the, the great games that they've come up with for this collection. We've got a really, really great uh, collection coming up this time, so it's been really awesome to talk to everyone about their thought process and stuff. Uh, last week, we had Joseph Hunter, a.k.a. Akobaka talk about Soccer for Love. And uh, this week, we got uh, one half of the uh, the Vetus Games team with uh, Scrunch over here, a.k.a. Abby Smith. Um, I'm not sure which one's her real name and which one's her, her pen name. I mean, she might have been born Scrunch. We'll find that out. That and much, much more in the interview segment. So uh, if you're interested in the DreadX collection, you can go ahead and uh, follow us on Twitter, Steam page, Actually should be up by the time this podcast comes out, so we'll probably link that in the description below. But uh, yeah, this and many more questions will be answered after the DJ drops that sick beat. and uh we have a we have a pretty uh tight cast today we got a uh, star over here say hi star hello and uh then we have Abby. how you doing Abby
1: good how are you
0: I'm good I'm good and Abby you are aka scruncho slash scruncho I, I, I'm there's like a v- number of various different permutations I've seen on, on your various <laughs> different yeah. handles but uh, as long as it starts with the, the with a scruncho and then insert other letters I think that's probably going to be you right
2: yeah, pretty much. Mm. That's that's pretty much how it goes. Most people know me as Scruncho Gaming, but um, each Scruncho for short is, is just fine.
0: Yep, and uh, unfortunately we couldn't be uh, joined by Vidas today, uh, who is in Lithuania and who has been abducted by aliens, so um, and before they return him we will be unable to speak with him.
2: It's true. Yeah, he, he was abducted. I don't know what happened to him, uh, but hopefully we'll hear from him soon. Just kidding. I'm sorry. Sorry, he just couldn't make it today, but uh uh we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's 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 fine though. Um, you know, uh we're and we're here to talk about your addition to the DreadX collection, which is something that is hard to pronounce. <laughs>
2: Do you want me to pronounce it? or Yeah, we just why don't you go ahead? Secret? Well, because
0: I've seen it, <laughs> yeah. uh, I've played it a number of times, but I don't think I've ever said it out loud. So go ahead.
2: So uh, Vanessa and I made the game Arcadletra. So yes, it is Arcadletra. Some people may feel like they want to pronounce it Arcadletra, but it is Arcadletra.
0: <laughs> okay, and now you have the official pronunciation guide straight from the creators. So... Um, but I, you know, if, if they, if they are willing to pay for it, then they can call it whatever they want.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you can call it uh, big toe if you want, you know, we don't, we don't mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I kind of just wanted to start off by, uh, cause you guys have kind of an interesting interplay, the two of you as kind of a two person studio because, uh, Vitus is in uh, Lithuania and you are not.
2: Yes, I am in minneapolis minnesota actually <laughs> in oh. the u.s so yeah we are oh a see we're guy. neighbors close Yay. close to big neighbors <laughs> Midwest. Woo. Woo-hoo.
0: yeah yeah I've, i have plenty of experience in the minnesota area my uh my mother's side of the family is in uh minnesota very uh w- lots of woods and lots of lakes it's the two things that they're known for well before yeah. the most re- more recent things that they're known for which woof Let's not talk about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's... City, right? I'm
1: sorry. You live in the city, right?
2: I actually live right outside of the city. So oh. not not directly, which um, I'm kind of thankful for with recent times. But that's another topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> Same.
0: So how did you and uh, us kind of like, how does that working relationship work? How did you guys get connected? Why don't you give us a quick overview of that?
2: Uh, yeah, so... Actually, I played one of Vidus's games back when he was kind of more on the solo side. Uh, I actually played, made, because I'm a YouTuber as well. So I made a playthrough video of his game, Necro Immortalis. Um, and we just ended up sparking up a friendship based off of that. And eventually, you know, I wanted to get into voice acting. So I actually just started doing voice acting for him. Um, so I did that for his Timor 6. And then eventually we just came together uh, through friendship and similar, uh, I guess, relationship things like we were really into metal. We were really into uh, video games, obviously, and horror. So that became a really great friendship, which then turned into exchanging ideas. And that's how we kind of became a team. And uh, it, it, it has its challenges, especially with the time zone thing. But if there's one thing that we're known for from people, it's not sleeping um, very well. We we don't have good sleeping schedules. So it ends up working out anyway. Uh, it, it was kind of like a learning process from the start. So really getting organized and stuff with uh, exchanging designs and ideas back and forth and uh, it, it, we're improving on that all the time, so it does have its challenges. But that's it, it's good, you know. It's it sometimes it doesn't even feel like he's that far away, which I love, um, because I love working with him, and it, it's he, you know he's one of my good friends, and that makes it even better.
0: Yeah, I can imagine though that the because uh, you starting with Vitus six, so that would be about what two years ago now. Sorry, Timor six. That's what I meant to say.
2: Yeah, that'd be a couple of years now.
0: Yeah, so you guys have been working. So basically all the stuff from after that, you've kind of had a, a hand in?
2: Yes. So uh, the first project that I was officially kind of involved in would have been Dia.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then every game after that, we have been working together on them.
0: Yeah, I remember Dia uh, had quite a good reception too. I mean, I know that um, a lot of people have kind of pointed that as like, when you're, they're talking about when you're kind of going more down the rabbit hole of indie horror, you eventually reach the DIA level of the audience, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, and that was, that was really, it was really fun. Um, I'm glad I was really happy with uh, the fact that it was more of like a smaller project because after that, then that's when um, my hands got, got down there really far and it, it was quite a ride. It still is a ride, but it gets better every time and we we love improving every time. So it's it's definitely been fun.
0: Yeah, and speaking of improving, it's like um, you know, the, the, the Vitus Games is one of those that is like when he first started, uh the games were like a, a very, very specific level of janky that has like really improved over time. Actually, um uh David Shemansky, who is another one of the, he made Dusk and he's, he's the guy actually, um, I had actually already reached out to Vitus uh, after playing the Peekaboo collection about doing this next collection. But um, you know, David Chimansko was like, you really should get this guy on board for this, this game because he's, he's, he's had a really good time kind of watching the games grow in the studio, grow over time. Um, so I'm kind of curious, you know, when you got brought on what specific changes in the style, like what did, what were you bringing to the table?
2: Uh, and that's that's a really like interesting question because Vedas and I, I was actually just talking to him last night about this and I, I, I bring it up quite often with him is that we're kind of like yin and yang. So uh, he has a very different perception of horror and creepy and i have a certain perception of horror and creepy so he has more of like that dark uh like rusty kind of uh and you'll see that usually in his games like especially um if you've ever seen any playthrough of timor 6 you you get that like fleshy rusty um hardcore monster influence uh kind of kind of perception and then there's mine and i'm more of that Bright colored horror, um, I really enjoy, I refer to it more as like entertainment horror. So I'm very like clown, um, puppets, things like that. So something that I kind of brought to, to a lot of our games is, is that bright style, that bright horror style where you think things are, are okay, um, but they're actually not. And you think that certain places like should be safe, but they're not. Um, and that was something that was kind of interesting to go back and forth because we had to kind of look at each other's perspectives and kind of where he um, kind of where he isn't as strong, I kind of pull in and kind of places that I'm not as strong, he pulls in. So it's really like a, a nice partnership that we have going on as far as ideas go. Um, but I'm really I'm really into that kind of sadistic, happy horror that that you you'll kind of see across the the board with with different antagonist designs and uh, just unfortunate things that aren't supposed to be nice, but they aren't. They don't turn out to be nice. So in our game, Balivore, you see this really pretty flower, and then it turns into this really, really um, unfortunate situation, which I don't want to give too much away if anybody hasn't played the game yet, because that's kind of part of the game. But uh, that's kind of the thing that I bring to the table, is is that happy whore that is really unfortunate um and then he really brings in that that nice dark atmosphere and like i don't even know how to put it into words but he just like if you go through our games you'll be able to if you know this you'll be able to distinguish the differences between our styles and every single time that we make a game, these styles merge more together, and it's it's really fun and actually really fascinating just just to me because, again, we have two very different perceptions of horror and the style of horror. So when these things mash together, it, it, it becomes a very interesting baby, I guess.
1: <laughs> can I ask, like, you're going from, like, being a content creator to, like, a game developer. Um, can I ask, like, what you've learned uh, from one thing to another that, like, maybe surprises you?
2: Oh, gosh. <laughs> I've played through so many games at this point, but one thing that I, I will say that I have learned is what not to do in games a lot of times. Not that we're perfect or anything, but Invitas does this, too, because he he does, he's not a content creator, but he does... Like he does play, all, he's very active in playing a lot of indie games that were surrounded. He he supports a lot of other developers too. So it's something that we both kind of have our our hands in. Um, but particularly for me, because I started with videos, um, I, I've learned a lot of things that I don't like to see. I learned a lot of like when I play through someone else's game. Um, of course, I, I try to keep in mind where. Like what level they're at? Is it a game jam? Um, are they just starting? I do like to go through and like read different things about how, like, what, where that developer's at, and then based off of that, I play the game and obviously I kind of review it. But I've oftentimes like catch myself saying like if if I made this game, what would I do differently? And so I try to apply the same thing um, into our games as well. It's like I go through and I play them constantly, and I'm like, okay, well if I was playing this game, what would I do differently if I was someone else? Um, But I really learned that I don't like notes, and I don't like keys, and I'm pretty sick of asylums. So those are three things that I have learned from being a content creator, that it's like, uh, those three things will probably not be in our games. For And if they are, they would be very briefly. Um, But that's that's something that's kind of an inside joke between Vedas and I, is that... uh, (laughs) We're we're sick of keys and we're sick of lengthy notes um, and asylums because cool. it's such a common theme.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like as far as like the game dev side, that maybe things that you thought were easy were actually pretty difficult, or things that you thought was difficult is pretty easy. Um, like your expectations, um, or is game dev exactly what you thought it was going to be?
2: I would say like. I would say that something that is difficult is putting something out there that you really personally admire, but, you know, other people might not care for that style of playing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say that that is a big difficulty uh, for me, at least, because like, I want to make something that I want to play. So it's like, when you put something out there that you would really love to play, but maybe someone else wouldn't, um, that kind of makes it difficult in translating into game development compared to just enjoying the game. And something that I did learn is that, you know, being a being a developer is hard. You have to, like, get slammed and punched, and um, this is your art that you're putting out there. And it's something that I didn't really realize when I was making videos. You know, your comments do mean a lot to, to a lot of these developers out there that they're just trying to get better. They're trying to um, figure things out. They're trying to figure themselves out, especially in relation to their arts and their design. And um, so that's something that when I started being a part of directly making games that I kind of loosened up on ma- making sure that it's like, you're respectfully giving criticism rather than just slamming something. And, like, you're understanding where that developer is coming from and that skill level and, you know, how long have they been doing it? Where do they start? Um, what do they have access to? Things like that, um, that really changed when I started becoming uh, a game dev. And, you know, that w- I, I would say that's one of the biggest challenges, too.
1: I think uh, Ted said something similar because he recently, you know, was – just a journalist who played many games for, for jet central and jet XP. Just
0: a journalist. Yep.
1: Yes. So, no. He's actually,
0: uh, yes. I was just a journalist. You're, you're not incorrect there.
1: Um, well, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> anyone says that is sucks. Uh, like we, we need everyone. But anyway, so he went from <laughs> being a journalist to like making a game company pretty much. In a very short amount of time.
0: So, yeah, just like in a, in a day or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why are you being like this, Ted?
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> Being a little, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I you, you're you're entirely correct with with your uh, perception of the way that my I mean, we've you and I have talked about this a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm being a little bit glib, uh, uh-huh. because probably because we're close to the deadline of the game coming out.
1: Probably, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, his hair out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I
1: respect Ted a lot. By the way, just I saying, appreciate that.
0: <laughs> Star, thank you. Um, no, I mean, I, I totally agree. Which is that like when you're there's there's a certain relationship that you have with games when you are a a, a fan, and like basically as a content creator, um, you're just like another tier of fan. Um, it's not necessarily, the, like, you have your your widespread video game fans that are there to play you know, whatever game and then you have the hardcore fans that, like, know everything about the game and then you have the content creators, which is just like, uh, there's two kinds of content creators, really. There's, like, next level fans and those are the guys that, like, have, like, insane warhammer channels that they just talk about lore and they've been doing it for like 17 years and they mm-hmm. have like no sense of making money off of it but they make these like four hour long videos where they just like here's the history of the Noblars, the the goblin race <laughs> of the ogre kingdoms yeah. yeah um but then and then you also have like narcissists that are making videos like specifically to try to like hit a market and they're like the kinds of people that'll be like uh uh this game sucks and it eats donkey shit and they're trying to get like five-year-olds to click on it and be like, eat that the poopy words. But those are like those are like narcissists. And um it's it's really like it's this weird market because uh fans will look at the successful creators and be like, I have to copy that even if they don't necessarily like agree with it. And so there's this like big pressure of like how you design your videos and stuff. But it's really 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 like that ecosystem of creating content for consumers in the in the video sphere, or the um, is 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 way is so disconnected from the reality of making games that mm-hmm. it's almost like it's working on its own like level of of like expectations and stuff that aren't realistic. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Let's start did you get what I was saying there?
1: Yeah, like it just uh, it, it's just so weird. So. I started off my career like 10 years ago as a developer, and then five years ago, I was like, I'm gonna try Twitch, you know, I'm gonna play games on there. And then I became partner and then I got to go to parties and talk to other like twitch streamers and then I realized, wow, like how different that they thought about video games than developers did. And so like I had kind of the opposite experience that you had screenshot. And so, like, I'm always interested in, in seeing people's perspective. And it, it really comes down to, like, being having more empathy for the creative process and understanding that things are, you don't like, I don't know, like, when people talk crap about bigger games and why they make certain decisions, I've realized that, like, nobody knows why they made those decisions except for those developers themselves. Like, we cannot hope to guess
2: mm-hmm. what happened
1: behind the scene. And yeah. so, like, people i think if more people had those attitudes like we would have a better gaming industry altogether.
2: oh yeah for sure
1: yeah i just don't want people to think that developers are against gamers because it's the opposite like we are gamers too so we want you guys we want everyone to have the best experiences
2: yeah and i think unfortunately that uh big gaming corporation mindset actually like pools into the indie gaming mindset to where um, like if you were to sell your indie game for any kind of money uh, it, it seems like people like to treat it as if like it's a big gaming corporation game where they're like I want to get my money's worth and things like that and then so they hide it they kind of hike it up to those standards Um and so that I think that's also a very toxic thing in the gaming community is when when people think that indie developers are sitting here on like bags of money and like when they sell yeah. a game for one dollar it's like you robbed me of my money it's if they don't like it um, or you know they, it's not up to their standards of a one dollar game kind of thing uh, I think that that kind of toxicity of that bigger gaming corporation mindset also goes into that. And it's really unfortunate because a lot of these game developers, you know, they're, they're not making money. Are you kidding me? It's, you know, like this is a passion that you have to be really committed to if you want to um, be happy with what you do. You know, this is definitely not something you should get started in if like you're really after money, especially in the beginning. Um, You know, and it's, it's been a struggle uh, even, for just Vedas and I, you know, like we can't, we can't make a living off of uh, making games. But yet it's, it's, it's like a full time job. And we still do it because we love it, not because we're out for money, not because you know, we want this um, mad reputation, like we just want to make games, and we want to improve. And um, that's something that I again, really like value between our, our partnership is that, you know, he gets that too. And so I, I think it's really nice, but it does have its um it does have its issues for people on the outside who sit here and have the, like, these weird perceptions of what being a game dev actually is, especially in the indie community.
1: You know, uh, that's so I started off in the industry as a three D environmental artist and I, I really like I still like environmental art and I still paint. I went to art school. But I switched over to marketing because of that reason of just there's so many talented developers out there making cool projects, but they just don't know how to sell them and make Mm. money off of it. So that's why I'm here at JetXP is to like being able to make us like a a legitimate business. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a joke, by the way. We are Uh, (laughs) very, very legitimate. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) yeah. To, to make sure that we are profitable as a company so that we can continue to help more developers, because a lot of uh, companies uh, that I've worked for and people I've talked to a lot of consultations, they're so focused on the game development that they kind of forget that they're also a business. And so, like, I'm there to help give them perspective and strategy so that they can turn what they do and try to uh, do more of it.
0: Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, which which is great. Um, it's it's been nice being a part of the project, and uh, it's different. It's been a learning experience for us that we like we weren't really kind of expecting. Um, but like, it, it is nice to see that there there are places out there that do support indie games, and not just in a hey, um, I'm going to play your game one time, and then I'll see you later. Have fun. Um, But in a more like, here's here, here you are, here's um, what we found, and maybe you'll enjoy it too. Um, Because that is hard, because you spend so much time making games, that by the time you're done making a game, you're exhausted and you want to go on and make the next game you don't want to sit there and be like here's my game you know um go across all these platforms to try and you know boost it up that's i think another difficulty of a two-man team here is that it's like uh we just want to make games you know it's it's hard with all this uh marketing stuff so it's it's been a nice change uh, being a part of the project, because so it's like, woo um, <laughs> You know, like, we don't have to do this all by ourselves! So that's that's been nice, um, I will say.
0: The, the strange interactions with fans is the one thing that I've found to be ubiquitous across small devs and big devs, because this is something that I remember us talking with uh, David Jaffe about when he was talking about, uh, like, audiences and stuff, and... One of, the things he, one of the things you'll catch developers saying a lot is like, well, it's not up to audiences to like understand our game or what we're going for. It's our job to translate it for them. But I think that that's code for that uh, gamers are a bunch of whiny Karens. It just seems like gamers <laughs> are the most Karen people on the planet. Like, it's, I, I was I, like when we were talking to uh, Portable Moose, Steve Gabry, and uh, Mike Thomas from Wither Studio, and I was looking at the, the Crow Man and Wolf Boy Steam page, there was someone being like, ugh, this game is like a waste of time, blah, blah. It's a dollar. And I'm like, are you sitting there like whining about a game you paid a fucking dollar for? Like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. But you'll have people whining about free-to-play games, like games with no microtransactions, literally just like an indie project that someone threw up on the Steam store and been like, hey, here's my, here's my little game I made with my friends. And people were like, bullshit, waste of time. And it's like, Jesus Christ. It's like every oh, time yeah you just have a bunch of gamers sitting there huffily, being like let me speak to your manager right now it's just
2: so true though too and again this is something that we um just kind of like sit there and like we bite our tongues because it's like you know what it's not worth it sometimes but other times it's like i remember we had this review on one of our games and it was pretty obvious that the guy, like or girl, I, you know, you can't tell, really. Um, but they just really weren't getting the concept. And I guess something that we struggle with often, like, Venus and I were like, at what point do we communicate our story so much that it, it's not even the original thing that we, we were trying to do? Because there is a lot of interpretation, and... Uh, even though there is a bottom line, like, story at the end of the day, uh, there, there is this weird boundary between, um, you know, making it so people understand it, but also, like, do we want them to really understand it? Or do we want them to, like, kind of figure it out, too? And um, we don't want it to go away from the original thing that it was, just so we dumb it down for so everyone can can kind of get it. And I also think that, um, you know, we, we get these reviews on these games and sometimes like you'll you'll definitely see a review where it's like uh, you could tell that they just they, they, they didn't actually get through the entire game because they didn't want to stop and think for a second or slow down and like look at the environment and stuff like that. Um, and, and then they go and they call it a bad game and you know there's no constructive criticism there's just uh you know i i want to be whiny and upset because i was trying to rush through this game and not actually give it a genuine chance and i paid money to rush through this game and not give it a genuine chance and then like wonder why i'm upset kind of thing um so that is something that we have had to deal with too and i'm sure every single developer has had to deal with at some point um but there is a lot of like uh, negative people out there that yeah. that don't want to support you directly. They want to support a YouTube channel. And again, that's another thing that I learned from a, being a content creator is that uh, you go through all these different games, and you have a limited time to record videos and a limited time to edit videos. And I I understand that again because I do it. And so when you're going through a game, I think I think you oftentimes you want to when you're on a time schedule like you want to get through the game so I think that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of content creators out there as well that just rush through games because they want to make a video and they mm-hmm. want to upload it and they want to put it out and I think that's another issue that we're kind of finding is that I understand you want to make a playthrough video and you want to do it in your time frame but you're also sometimes you're not giving games the chance and, and the attention that they need. Um, so I would say that that's something, um, that's uh, unfortunate and also goes into that kind of whiny nature because then they get frustrated, um, and they write bad reviews and they almost spend more time writing a bad review than they spend time actually paying attention to the game. So (laughs) I, I always thought that was interesting. They'll write paragraphs upon paragraphs, um, instead of actually going through the game and giving it the real time and attention that. And And that's not to say that all bad reviews are like that because some bad reviews can be extremely constructive, um but just based off of that kind of uh, whiny nature that 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 is something that we've had some experience with for sure.
1: Yeah. I, think, yeah, I feel like people just don't know enough about like they think that playing a game means they understand how games are made, like we've mm-hmm. all talked about this before. And because of that, they think that they are being, it's just like when people give unsolicited advice, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like, oh, I'm trying to lose weight. And then all of a sudden they're giving you a barrage of things that you can do to lose weight. And you're like, you're not, that doesn't actually help me, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, that that is what it feels like sometimes too. Um, to where it's like, there is real no, there's like just no criticism that actually helps us be better. Um, and and again, that's not saying that that we've never had something that hasn't been constructive because we absolutely have. But um, yeah, I would say that is kind of something that's on on the more downside of being in development is dealing with comments like that that aren't really supported by anything really.
0: Well, and I think that um, one of the things that has gotten very difficult about uh, most most gaming people that are exposed to gaming criticism aren't exposed to like the scholarly debate they're exposed to like, you know, people on YouTube or et cetera, that are looking to create the juiciest content. Like when you're making a YouTube video where you're playing a game and you only have, I don't know, 20 minutes or depending on what YouTube channel you are four and a half hours to describe the game. um, You're going to be going for like the juiciest bits and like, it's going to give you a very skewed perception of the game. And uh, as a result, a lot of uh, like I would say that everyone that leaves comments on like leave, leave Steam reviews, not everyone, but a large portion of the people that leave Steam reviews are like wannabe pundits. Like they they're trying to they're trying to land that sick burn review that's gonna launch that the people are going to take notice of and it's going to launch their careers or something. And I think that that's a, that's a dream that a lot of people have is that they're they like, they want to be discovered and they want to start their own creative journey through the industry. But as a result, like a lot of the criticism becomes uh, hyperbolic and, and it's, it's one of those things where people have like, there's no like discussion. It's only defensiveness. Um, like what was the, what was that guy Star, remember the guy that was like, I took the screenshots just in case he tries to delete these comments later on Steam.
1: Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about, but basically the guy only he's like, I only played three out of ten games and I just know that they're not scarier. And then like, but really his reasoning was he just didn't like you. And yeah, basically you were, you were taking time out of your, your day to explain to him like, oh, OK, like to answer his questions and and try to get him to understand like these are these are short games right like what do you do you expect like 10 full-size games for seven dollars (laughs) like 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 we told you they were made in seven days like we're we're very open and honest and upfront with like everything we do well and his first his
0: first justification was i didn't see that and i was like okay well like that's not really my fault that you didn't see that these games were made in seven days And, uh, then he was like, well, I just don't feel like people should be paying for these. I was like, so you don't think developers should get paid for their work? And he just like, and then he like had like six comments in a row that like he stringed together where he was like, oh no, but I, and it's like, as soon as you back someone into a corner and you're like, okay, so like, what are you actually trying to get? Like, what message are you actually trying to get across here? And the only message he was trying to get across was, I want my opinion heard because I want to speak to your manager yeah. and let you know that I am unsatisfied with the service at this establishment and so it's just like maximum Karen status
1: yeah and also was yeah. just like at the end of the review the first thing he said was I had an unprofessional falling out with a developer I'm just like you never had a professional relationship with a developer you just like were snarky and he talked to you like that's yeah. You know, like you making it you making it sound like he actually worked with us when he didn't. He had nothing to do with what we do. And then the last thing he said was, "Just go to itch and get free games."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And with that I was like, "You're disgusting." You know, like yeah, just a
0: disgusting human. And that's the funny thing too is that he was like, "I, I have I have saved an Imgur gallery of our conversations in case he tries to leave. as if I would go back out of shame and shock over the oh how dare I ever." criticize Nodsdy or whatever the fuck his name was. I must, I must erase the sins of my past. Oh no, the evidence has preserved been preserved as if in Amber for all eternity for the future generations to study. And then, and then the motherfucker didn't even save that Imger gallery. It's now gone. So like, apparently he realized how ridiculous it was. And I was like, damn it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna preserve it in Amber, you can't then destroy the Amber. You gotta, you gotta double down. I don't know. I just, I would have respected that guy a lot more if he had done the whole thing where he had you know saved it in an inger gallery and then like highlighted the things he thought were particularly egregious oh uh, man that would have been that would have been pleasant
1: i think that i i just hear so many people are like i like edgy dark humor and so they use that as an excuse to be a jerk and then they think that like they're justifiable and that they tie their their ego into this identity of being like a sarcast- sarcastic funny guy but like, they don't realize, like, that no one else sees them like this. That mm-hmm. just this awesome fantasy that they made up in their head.
0: Yeah, people, people like to say that they have edgy, dark humor when what they actually are is, like, unsociable. And, <laughs> like, I like edgy, dark humor. It's my favorite shit. And I have, like, yeah. tons of friends and people like to hang out with me because I'm also pleasant to be around. You can be both, yeah. but people are like, people just don't get me because I'm an edgelord. And I'm like, are you, like, oh. an... Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> Uh. scruncho are
1: you making face
0: right now look at <laughs> well scruncho like, is an edgelord so
1: yeah but like <laughs> you're on youtube like when you're a female content creator you get certain dudes who uh i was i do which are just like like they i was like playing dark souls 3 on a stream and I just got like a, a big raid. And then like this guy came in and he was making fun of me. He's like, ha you don't know how to fight this boss. Da-da-da-da. It was like the first time I ever played this game. It was a blind playthrough. So of course I didn't know how to fight this boss. And oh. he just not, would not making fun of me. And I'm like, dude, mods just ban him. And so he got banned. And then later on the, the, the mods were laughing. And I'm like, what's so funny? And he's like, oh, this guy just uh, was mad that I banned him because he said, he didn't mean it. He had such a big crush on you. And I was like, I've never seen this kid before. And, uh, crush on me. It was just ridiculous.
2: There is a lot more that you have to deal with. Um, and really, I just, I either try to ignore it or I try to go along with it because like, they do want reactions out of you for the most part. I was playing. Um, okay. It was, it was Halo combat evolves. It, 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 Literally, I was just playing it uh, not too long ago for my for my streams because I stream um, and I make videos. And there is this guy. It was very nostalgic for me because Halo is one of those series that I remember playing on the Xbox growing up and just having a good time. And I was really fascinated with the fact that they did the before and after um, so they that the up updated graphics compared to the original graphics and i just thought that was so cool so here i am like walking down like little scruncho lane here and just enjoying the game and like exploring and you know just chatting along and hanging out and there's this guy who joined my stream and was like just so you know uh, I was playing this on Legendary while you were playing it and I started it and I already finished it. I already finished the level that oh you won. God. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, like I don't, I don't care. Good for you. I'm so glad that you can do it on Legendary. Um, really, dude, I'm just trying to enjoy the game. And I didn't say it like that, but like I was just like, I was like, okay, good for you. Congratulations. And then I just like kept on chugging along and every single level that I played for that particular stream, he was like, yeah, so here's my time. I already beat it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you're good at Halo. Cool. You know, it's just like and you deal with like crap like that. And I think that I think actually Dark Souls 3 is the one game on my blacklist for streaming because I find that a lot of people are super hardcore about Dark Souls games, which which is awesome, you know. Like I appreciate them, but like I'm also not trying to sit here for hours and like memorize every single boss move and every single little secret place and crack and, and crevice. And so um after two Dark Souls three streams of people just being like, what are you doing? Why are you going that way? You should go this way. Stop doing this. Like like why this is what how many times have you been killed by this thing? It's like, dude, you gotta just chill out. Not everyone's trying to be the best Dark Souls three player out there. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be fine. Um, but these people think that they can just come in and like bash your way of playing. Um, and if you care so much, go, go play it and stop watching my stream, please. Cause I really don't like, I don't need you there. Um, so uh, you do find a lot more. And I think that it's a lot more relevant uh, with being a woman because um, for some reason we like to think uh, real women don't like to play games for real. Um, So that's that's that kind of meme thing that goes yeah. around, right?
1: <laughs> but there are times where I do beat guys at games. Like, there's a very few games that I'm actually good at, but the ones I am good at, I do beat them, and they uh, <laughs> they don't like that. No, they don't. They like don't. When you actually, like, I'm, like, really good at some, like, 80s arcade games. So for in arcade, like, I don't tell them that I'm really good. I <laughs> just... I just like destroy them and uh they don't they don't particularly appreciate that like and so I'm just like oh I thought you were competitive I thought yeah right (laughs) attractive like to you to have a a female being like better at games than you like is this isn't this what you wanted
0: so (laughs) just lock eyes with them as they like (laughs) as you're beating them don't even don't look at the screen as you're beating them and then just whisper (laughs) I thought you thought this was hot just like watch (laughs) them crumble
1: Hell yes,
0: Ted. Actually, you know, the funny thing is, is that I can, I have some, some decent insight into this mindset, uh, not because I do it, but this is the one uh, place where it's actually okay for me to mansplain because I'm literally mansplaining men. Do so it. let I'm me, let me it. go off for a second, Queen. Um, do it. So there's, I, I think I understand a lot of the mindset of these guys, not because I actually, like, I don't personally watch, really watch streamers. Um, like, Star will be like, this giant streamer followed us and wants to play our game. I'm like, who? She's like, how do you not know who this is? <laughs> like, apparently I should have been excited when Jesse Cox was playing her stuff, but I just, like, don't really follow it, because I'm like, because on the journalism side, like, I'm so busy following developers, like, I don't really follow other outlets. Anyways, I don't need to explain, mansplain myself, I but the, the <laughs> mindset is, like, when you have a relationship with, uh, like, a significant other, um... There's a certain amount of, like, teasing that goes on um, that's, like, healthy, where it's, like, if you're playing a game together and you're winning, you're, like, kind of teasing them and stuff, and the ho-ho, it's all in good fun, or, you know, you, you screw up dinner. It's, like, there's, like, a certain amount of teasing that goes on. And when you there's and and with friends and stuff like even even non romantic relationships so they, when there's familiarity there's a certain amount of teasing that goes on that's good hearted and a lot of the friendship process is like figuring out where those boundaries are figuring out where your comfort levels are so that you like don't hurt the person and and you know in in the course of a friendship there'll be times where you go too far and you got to apologize and that's just like what being alive and having friends is all about but on a on a stream it's a very one sided relationship because you can be spending four to it depends how long the streamer streams but x hours a day watching this person and developing a a sense of a personal connection with this person and they don't even know you exist like not really like they might be aware that you are in their channel but they don't have that same level of interaction with you so it becomes a very one-sided thing where they're like oh i can tease her about this thing and it's just all in good fun because in their brain they're trying to have that kind of not even necessarily flirtatious, but like friendly banter that they would have with one of their real life friends, uh, if they have any. Um, but that's the kind of normal human process of like, okay, I have this this friend, I'm gonna act this way. And um, I don't know. I always I always find that to be that's one of the reasons I don't really watch streamers is because I would rather just like there's actually a number of stream, more streamers that I talk to like as people rather than watching their stream because. That kind of one sided parasocial relationship has always been kind of um, strange to me because it's different. Like, I don't, I'm not really a fan of like things in general, I guess.
1: Well, I think it's better to be creating things than to just be constantly watching other people make things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with just like if you have a day job, a nine to five day job, and then you just sit down and watch somebody play a game. Uh, I think there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is when you have expectations and then you attach, like, emotions to that person, I think is when the problem happens. So, like, you need to be about them as, like, an entertainer uh, and not as, like, they owe you anything. Like, there's no, there should be no, yeah, connection there that would make you think that they.
0: (laughs) Did you all ever see that legendary Reddit thread where the guy was talking about the streamer that broke his heart? Um, no <laughs> well basically it's the story there was this guy it was like in a comment section it wasn't like a post it was like someone commenting and he was talking about how you know his grandma died and he had all this extra money and so he was spending it on streamers and how he had given this one streamer girl that i really liked like a lot of money and was hanging out in her chat a lot and he felt like they were going to be like husband and wife someday and uh he had created a joke about how she when she eats on stream she takes little bites like a rabbit so he got, like, comics made of her, depicted as a rabbit, and then, like, <laughs> and then, like, figurines that would be on the top of their wedding cake. But he hadn't showed her those because he's not a creep, quote, quote. And this dude just had, like, zero self-awareness. And there was, like, this big debate between whether or not the guy was, like, trolling, and this was, like, all a joke to make fun of these nerds or not. And I was, like, the fact that this this guy is indistinguishable between being a troll and, like, not a troll is, like is really really telling cuz like even even if that guy was joking and being hyperbolic in the internet every single like female streamer that's reading it it was like yep i could totally see that happening
1: okay here's the thing though guys think that they want this they think that they want women all over them but i know c- plenty of male content creators who think it's absolutely just as creepy Like, I've had male content creators being like, dude, I cannot get women to stop showing me butt pics. I do not want to see your butt pics. I have a girlfriend. This is really creepy. You know, I did not, you know, I did not (laughs) listen to this. You know, and like, it, it goes both ways, but like, it's just that men are afraid to talk about it as well. Yeah. Because they think that like they have, they just have to put up with it because they're guys. And that they should be okay with it like and i'm just like it's it's bad either way
2: yeah (laughs) it's so true
1: so i i want guys to be a successful content creator and to 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 know what that feels like i want guys to understand how creepy and weird that is when it happens to them and how uncomfortable it makes them feel so that they will not stop doing it to us like
0: yeah, I think you're going to find lonely people on both sides of the spectrum, but there definitely is one side that sees it far more than the other. And I would say that the barrier for getting that level of attention is lower, uh, like in terms of number of viewers, like for women. Like if you're, I would say that like for every one stalker that a dude has, like there's probably a hundred stalkers that are stalking various female streamers. <laughs> i don't have the statistics right in front of me but i'm just spitballing here
1: you know the people that are like the most i don't know like aggressive with me are already married and have children that's what really bothers me
0: yeah that is weird
1: they're not like young kids they're like dudes that just are in ha- unhappy marriages and they think that like i'm i don't know what they think i'm gonna do for them but it, it makes me very uncomfortable
0: really <laughs> you, you don't look at that man and his wife and kid and go that's a stable bet
2: <laughs> that's something that i want to be a part of yeah. i'm so glad that you popped in here and are like really really pushing this concept because i'm in buddy
1: i'm in
0: <laughs> hey there little timmy i'm here to be your second mommy yeah
1: yeah yeah.
0: How do we,
1: yeah is there any way for people to like be respectful of each other and see each other as people and not i don't know objects like, I mean, that's a big ask. Yeah. I
2: mean, I think as long as somebody can hide behind a computer screen or a phone, I think that, like, this problem will continue to be a problem. Yeah. Um, so, which is why which is why it's nice that, like, I'd say more streaming services are hopping on the, hey, don't be a dick bandwagon. Um, the fact that it took this long, that's really unfortunate, but... Um, you know, at least it's happening now, um, and and I think that, I think that over time it it might get a little more organized. So like, if that's what you're looking for, uh, you know, there will be those places to find it. But um, yeah, it's it's a very weird concept, and it's unfortunate that some people are so unhappy with their lives that they have to sit behind a computer and. Um, prey on other people or try to make them fill that void because because uh, they don't have it in their their current physical situation.
0: Yeah, it, it is it sucks, but honestly, if you're looking for a great great way to fill that void, you can get twelve great games for just under ten dollars with the Dread X collection. <laughs> fill the void, fill the void with number of different games from different creative fill mindsets. The void. <laughs> find find twelve new developers to obsess over. Fill that void. No, but I, I actually, you know, to, on a more serious note, I actually feel like um, my, like, mental health and well-being uh, from the pandemic has gotten, like, I'm, I'm, like, the most nihilistic I've ever been. Like, I'm riding my bike around town listening to, like, socialist propaganda because that's just the kind of person that I am. And I'm, like, eat the rich. And um, But, like, I've noticed that I've gotten, like, my, my mental state has been way worse because I think that um, before when I was, you know, like, a normal human being living in society and going outside and stuff, like, I was so... Uh, I was meeting other people and talking to them and stuff and like, you know, a lot of moderate opinions because when you're in like a, a normal human society, people that like disagree have to work together and they like figure it out. But online, everyone's just like, kill everyone that I don't agree with, no matter who they are, like no matter how much they disagree with me, just murder. And you're like, wow, this is really intense. And it, it skews your worldview because like if you live online and you're just listening to like your your side of the political spectrum your side of the video game world like you think there's like if you're a real hardcore nerd sitting inside all day you think there's an actual case for murdering neil Druckmann for making the last of us 2 because you're a psychopath yeah you know yeah. like there's the and, and like you're, you've convinced yourself of it that like they're the evil corporation and we're the freedom fighters and we're we're like they're they're destroying my my hobby they're gonna destroy the, everything i love i gotta just dis- i gotta beat these people and then you go into like the real world and you're like, oh wait, it's like a video game. And like when, when you go outside and you go to like a real grocery store, like nine out of the 10 people you're talking to don't even know what that is. You know? Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. the, yeah. That, that level of perspective. It's really hard to get that perspective when you're trapped inside at your computer. And when you're outside, uh, you're in constant fear for your life. So well,
1: this is why like content creators like Joe Rogan actually do matter like their opinions do matter and they do influence people. Yeah. And so that's why you have a responsibility to kind of say the right thing because you are literally leading people down a path. Because like, let's say you're just like, well, I used to be like this and then I did X, Y, and Z and now everything's better. People are going to listen to that and they're going to be like, well, I, I'm also in the same position you are and I also want to change my life. So I'll do that too.
0: Yeah, that's but like the whole underpinning just, of AA. That's like how you're it not works. actually
1: changing yourself for the better. You're just exchanging one problem for another. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, for example, even it could be even diet and exercise. Like, I've heard some people being like, uh, "All I have to do is get like physically hot and like be stronger, and then all of a sudden my life will improve." I'm like, "No, you're still going to have." Star,
0: <laughs> star, I said that in private, please. <laughs>
1: Like, you're, you're going to feel better, yes, and physically look better, but you're still going to have the same problems, right? Yeah. Like, so even something that's positive, you're turning it into something that's negative. And I feel like even, like, video game culture can be the same thing. Like, why can't you just enjoy the game? Why do you have to, like, hurt other people to, to make yourself feel no. better? Like, that's not going to solve your problems, and that's not going to make you feel better. Yeah. Like, what if, like, somebody actually did kill Neil Drunkman? What if that happens? Do you think that th- that's going to change The Last of Us 2?
0: Like- <laughs> no, it's just...
1: Yeah. <sighs> I think that ship
2: has sailed.
1: <laughs> yeah, like... When, it, is- when a game's
2: out, it's out, so... Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah like absolutely ridiculous to have this perspective and where did they get this perspective from online like they're getting it from reddit they're getting it from youtube what people don't realize is like these youtubers and reddit people who say these kind of things these extreme things they just want your money
0: oh yeah they don't give a fuck about you
1: yeah yeah like they just they don't want to help you that they're not trying to make your life better uh they just want you to to buy their merch and pay for their patreon
0: yeah yeah I, i definitely agree um, I, I will say, though, to the fans at home, the listeners at home, that if you are having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but finding 12 games at a reasonable price that will be <laughs> just a great value and that you can have a great afternoon playing all these games ain't one of them, because we're coming out with the DreadX Collection Volume 2, and soon you won't have that problem either in uh, mid-August when the game when the game finally releases. That worked, right? That was a smooth transition, wasn't it? <laughs> There, there
2: goes Ted. You'd be a great like uh, TV commercial salesman. Like uh, the the what what was the Mister Wonderful Pillow or whatever the creepy guy with the oh mustache. my pillow? Yeah, yeah, that guy, that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that dude smoked crack for a long time, and then he found Jesus, and Jesus told him to make the world's most comfortable pillow and,
2: and make a pillow. Yeah, yep. and, then,
0: and then he said, "Thank you, Donald Trump, for the inspiration for this. This is all true. I'm not making any of that up." What? <laughs> yeah the my fellow guy was like a notorious crack addict and then right. he, he became an evangelical instead of revelation from god told him to give people the good night's sleep he couldn't have while smoking any- crack
1: anyways
0: anyways um hey <laughs> do you guys have any wrap-up questions because we need to we need to get we need to get moving here
1: oh yeah um i'll just say that the dreadx collection 2 is longer than the first dreadx collection so, I doubt that people can play it in the afternoon. So, be ready for uh, if you're planning on streaming Dreadix Collection two, like it's probably going to be two or three streams. To be yeah, honest.
0: the only game that isn't longer is uh, Kyle's game because his first one was The Outsiders, and that one took people like a long time to beat.
1: Yeah, and like a lot of so a lot of YouTubers do the, the last collection as standalone videos as well because they they felt like they're like longer than a lot of games that like Alpha Beta Gamer plays. Like yeah, that's true. Do a whole gameplay in just five minutes. Like these are going to take a while. So for whatever price we're putting this as, yeah,
0: when we figure that out. Um,
1: Yeah,
0: Abby, do you have uh, places where people can follow you?
2: Um, you can follow me at ScrunchoG on Twitter. If you're interested in my YouTube, it's just Scruncho Gaming, and then uh, you can also follow. Vidus as well if you're interested in following our games and our cabletra and stuff like that um so you can follow him on on uh, twitter his name is impossible to his last name i mean is impossible to pronounce um so uh hopefully we can tag him in this when we actually release it it's like uh, he's told me multiple times we even had sessions where we sat down and we're like okay how do i say your last name Vidas? And it's just very complicated, but you can follow Vitas on um, Twitter as well. He's all over my Twitter, so if you if you are interested in that, uh, he, he does most of the game updates and stuff like that. Um, and I just kind of put my own out there, and then we retweet, we retweet each other, excuse me. It's kind of this fun game that we have because we're introverts, and we sit there and we laugh at each other's jokes that nobody gets. Um, anyway, so yeah, it'll be full of that, but the, that's, that's usually where you can find me and I guess on discord too.
0: Cool. Alrighty. Um, guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. I know it's a shorter one today, but we've been trying to I try to get these shorter because we keep rambling about, uh, all kinds of stuff, which is fun. So, um, anyways, uh, I just want to thank you all for, uh, tuning in today, uh, if you want the DreadX Collection Volume 2, it'll be coming out uh, you know, later in August, which will probably be, when this is edited, like by the time this is edited and out, the game will probably be coming out in like two weeks. So, uh, but don't, don't quote me on that. I should stop saying <laughs> unqualified statements just randomly, because I'm sure Star is pulling her hair out. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we got another great episode coming up pretty soon when we interview another one of our great devs. We're still trying to figure that out, but... Uh, it'll be a good one because they're all good because it's all great here. Everything's all good uh, <laughs> in the world in general, except for not in the world in general, just right here. So, always come right here to the Real Professional Podcast where everything's okay. So, uh, thank you all so much and bye. Bye. Friend of mine, Mike. My- my pillow, boy do you sell those pillows? It's unbelievable what you do.
2: Couldn't get drugs anywhere. And I went out. It was very resourceful, nothing. I come back upstairs all defeated. And he's standing a little me and he says. He said, man, give me that phone. He says, I'm going to take a picture of you. He says, you're going to need it for that book you've been bragging about, telling us you're going to write. And he said, you've been telling us for years, this my pillow is just a platform for God. And you're going to come back someday and help us out of this addiction and all the dealings we have. And he says, we're not going to let you
0: die on Because I would always tell these guys all the time, you guys, this pillow is just a platform for God. So it's this. Just-